Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Pete Hoppin with WFN, and we are now a special guest, unbelievable guest, Biagio Ali Walsh of PFL. It's an honor to speak to you. Uh, How are you feeling right now today? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I uh, got some food, uh, did a little workout, so we're chilling. So you have amazing shoes to fill with the bloodline that you're in. I'm just going to off the bat being, you know, the grandson of Muhammad Ali. How much pressure does that do you feel on a on a when you step into the cage or the ring or whatever, when you when you're representing the Ali brand? Oh, I feel a ton of pressure. You know, uh, and anything that I do, I'm going to feel the pressure just because of who I'm related to. You know, if I was a tennis player and I was doing pretty good at tennis, I'd be talking to people and they'd still be asking me about my grandfather and, and yada, yada. So regardless of anything I do, I'm going to feel the pressure of being Muhammad Ali's grandson. But, you know, def- it's definitely a little elevated because I'm participating in a, a combat sport like he did as well. So, um. Yeah, I feel the pressure, you know, but at the end of the day, everybody feels pressure, you know, anybody who steps in that cage or the ring, they feel pressure, you know, their family's watching, their friends are watching, they want to win, you know, so at the end of the day, every fighter feels pressure. Um, I might feel a little bit more because of who I'm related to, but um, it doesn't really make much of a difference if if I'm the only one uh, standing in that cage against a guy who is there alone as well, and we're there to fight, so um, yeah, everybody feels pressure, but it's it's how you handle the pressure that re- is really more most important. What made you decide to go deeper into the combat sports world? Like, listen, boxing is legit. Boxing is, is like the, one of the original founders in combat sports, you know, and it's all like, you know, wrestling and all these different derivatives. But to go in an MMA world where you're doing, you know, there's so many different layers to it. What what really made you take that deep dive into the, all of combat sports? I think the fear of regret is what made me want to go into it. Um, you know, when I was done playing football, I didn't really know what to do. Um, I didn't like the lifestyle I was heading towards. I was going out. I was doing stupid stuff, making dumb decisions. And it, it really took a toll on my mental. You know, I didn't know where I was mentally. And um, at the time, I was uh, – 
you know, I wasn't playing football anymore. So I was training at Extreme Couture to just stay in shape. And uh, what better way to stay in shape than to learn how to fight, right? So, um, yeah, I was trying to figure out what to do. You know, I was working at Adidas. I uh, wanted to maybe get into real estate or something. Um, didn't really like it. Uh, I was uh, interning as an assistant strength conditioning coach at an athletic facility. And the guys that I was coaching, some of the fighters were from Extreme Couture that I had already known. And I just remember watching them just, you know, put in the hard work. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm 22 years old. You know, why am I a coach? I should still be an athlete, you know. So that's kind of when I said, you know what, I'm going to just not worry about anything else. I'm going to put all my energy into MMA. And ever since I've done that, I felt so much better mentally, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It, it's completely changed my life. You know, I don't want to be 40 years old. And, and regret thinking, oh, would I have been a good fighter? You know, I don't want to have these kind of thoughts later in my age. So why not, you know, like my grandfather said, suffer now and so you can live the rest of your life as a champion, you know? So, um, yeah, I said, you know what? Life's too short to, to, to be afraid, you know? So I just, I gave it my all and I hope to inspire other people who are going through some adverse or hard times that, that they could, you know, um, uh, take that leap of faith and, and just go for it, you know? Listen, you, Extreme Couture is one of the best, you know, gyms out there. Uh, Eric Nikosik is amazing. I mean, the, the the list is amazing of all the coaches over there. Is there some one coach in particular that really you took to that kind of took you under his wing or was it just all of them together? All of them together took me under their wing. That's why I love Extreme Couture. You know, it, it was it, it was so welcoming when when I first had met the coaches there. They were so helpful, so supportive. Uh, any question that I had, they would answer it with a with a, a detailed answer, like they care. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say that my head coach is Dennis Davis. Um, my striking coach is James Gifford. Those are two of the, the main coaches that I see most of the time when I'm at, at Extreme Couture, but I see everybody, you know, Eric, um, Coach Eddie, Baracko, um, but I would say Dennis Davis and James Gifford are my two main coaches. When you talked about, like, mental health and stuff like that, like, you needed something, and it's funny because uh, a UFC fighter, Alexander Volkanovsky, just basically said the same thing. He said, I, I really want the UFC to keep me active because when I'm not active, uh, it's not good. You know, for yourself, were you feeling not non-active? You said you were like, you know, you, it was too early for you to be a coach, 22 years old. Um, so was it something about the, the non-competitiveness or the non-activity that kind of got to you? Both. Both. You know, uh, I, I, I'm i a competitor. I've been one since I was a little kid. Um, I like to compete. And I enjoy being an athlete. I enjoy working hard for a goal. And just done playing football, I didn't have that anymore. I didn't – first off, I didn't even have an opportunity to play football in college. You know, when I uh, went to Cal Berkeley, it was one of those situations where I committed to a staff, and then that staff got fired before I got there. So, like, the new staff didn't really know me, and they want to use the guys that they recruited. And, th and it happens in all sports. So I kind of got dealt that card, and um, they could have used me. I ran a 4-3-40. You know, I, I from Bishop Gorman, I was a, a very high level running back. You know, they could have used me, but they didn't. And 
you know, I've gotten to a point now where I kind of know the reason why I went through all of this hardship, you know, it was, it was to prepare me for this uh, point in my life. And, um, you know, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I believe that everything that happened with football was the reason was to put me where I am now. And, um, yeah, uh, it was just not being active, not being able to compete. You know, I, I really missed that. And I was so young. I'm thinking to myself, why am I like I could do real estate when I'm when I'm older and retired? <laughs> what? OK, so, you know, again, you're younger than a lot of the people that that are able to talk about mental awareness. Mental awareness is much more prominent today than it was 20 years ago. I'm 40. So, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't really talk about this stuff. So how does it, how were you, how have you been prepped or how has it been for you being able to have places to talk to or be able to be vocal about your mental awareness, mental health? Is it much more comfortable? Was it difficult for you to do that? Uh, difficult for me to do what? To, to, to A, talk about it, be aware mm -hmm. of, of your mental health and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I never, I never, I never found it difficult to talk about it. You know, that's another thing too. You know, if, if you're going through something mentally, talk about it, you should never feel afraid to talk about it because talking about it itself is a form of therapy on, on helping that, that, uh, that mental adversity that you're dealing with. So even to talk about it, it helps to, to kind of ease that, that mental pain that you got. Um, yeah, I, I've, you know, I always had just a, like a, a deep fire in me, I think. And um, when you don't have an outlet, you know, at least for my situation, I never had an outlet to be able to let out this this aggression or this anger that I had deep down. And um, MMA allowed me to to be able to let that out and do it in a healthy way as well. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're pissed off at something, you go hit a bag for three rounds, you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> what, um... You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So, what, what, all right, when, were the, when was the first time you picked up gloves? For what, how, what age? Oh, 
first time I ever picked up boxing gloves, I was maybe like two, three years old, something like that. <laughs> but it was nothing serious. It was because, you know, my grandfather was a boxer. It was actually at his house in Michigan in his gym with him that I picked up the gloves and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, some certain times in the off season of football, I would hit pads with, with my strike striking coach. Now James Gifford, um, it's just crazy how it all works. I mean, in the off season of football, I used to just play around and hit mitts with him. And now he's my striking coach. <laughs> so it's very, uh, it's very, cause he was my first, my brother's first boxing coach. So that's how we were able to link up, but it's crazy how life works. You know, it's some people, a lot of football players, and again, I I think it was Couture, maybe it was Liddell, maybe I think actually more Chuck Liddell. I apologize, but a lot of NFL teams started to train their athletes in in some sort of MMA, whether it's wrestling or other sort of combat sports, because flexibility, agility, all this, all these yeah. other techniques that were really good for NFL. So, at what age did you start to incorporate? Were you playing football? Were you already doing? jujitsu and wrestling and all these other mixed stuff no no i i um i was a blank canvas when i got into mma you know um a lot of people say i'm a striker i i do like the stand and bang but i have no amateur boxing background no amateur kickboxing no wrestling no jujitsu when i started mma i learned all of these sports for mma you know there's certain things uh you know I, i'd say the four main Sports is uh, boxing, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, and wrestling. You know, obviously you have judo, taekwondo, uh, sambo. Um, Muay Thai. Yeah, Muay Thai. There's obviously other martial arts that play a part. But I would say those are the main four. And when I went into MMA, I learned those four martial arts for MMA. You know, so for example, like boxing, like a boxer stance, you can't really have a boxer stance in MMA because you'll just get calf kicked the whole time. Um, in jujitsu, there's no punching involved. So everything that, that I learned, I learned it for MMA. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a blank canvas. And, you know, if you were to ask me my background, uh, I would just say that MMA is my background because I learned all of these sports at the same time and how they play a part in MMA. So, I mean, listen, your background being, again, the grandson of, of Biagio Ali Walsh joins us right now. Being the grandson of Muhammad Ali, the be- the greatest boxer of all time, when a when did you find out that your grandfather was special? Ooh, that's a great question. I think um, I think when I was really young, like uh, it might have been first or second grade. We went to the Orange Bowl. It was Louisville versus Wake Forest, and it was in Florida. And um, I remember we were in the box um, and the whole stadium was chanting Ali. And then that's kind of when I was like, Poppy, I call my grandfather Poppy. I was like, Poppy must be important if they're, <laughs> they're going to be chanting her name, you know. <laughs> it's pretty funny because, you know, usually over bowl games, they have the Jets, you know, fly over the stadium. I remember seeing seeing the Jets fly over the stadium and then the the pilots of the Jets came to the suite to meet my grandfather. And when they came in, um, me and my brother were like, oh, my God, those are the pilots. And then the pilots <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's Muhammad Ali. <laughs> so anyway, it's funny. My grandfather got pissed that me and my brother were starstruck for them. <laughs> so, uh, 
but now uh, on the other end of it, though, like when you go into, uh, you know, extreme couture, right? People start to you go in there and you're starting to see like all these like, wow, the, the, look at these coaches. Look at these people that like you, you probably recognize over the years. I'm sure you didn't just walk in there not knowing about the MMA world. I'm sure that you watched a lot of these guys compete in one way or the other. When they find out about you and your relations, when did, when, when does that take place? How was it? Is it organic? Does it come out later on? Or is that one of the first things they find out about you? Uh, I think it, all three of what you just said. Sometimes it happens organically. Sometimes uh, they already know uh, through online or social media. You know, social media is a huge thing now. You know, uh, I follow one person and this person follows him and he follows this person. And then, boom, they know who I am. So uh, I think uh, all of those are, are a way that uh, – my family lineage gets unraveled. Um, you know, one thing is, you know, when you hear who I'm related to, you kind of get a lot of people have told me this personally, you know, they think that I'm going to be a, a stuck up spoiled rich kid. You know, I, I went to Bishop Gorman who has a lot of money, um, but they, they don't know. They don't know me. They don't know that I haven't I didn't grow up with a, a, a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, my my family moved to Vegas because we lost our house and our cars. We lost everything because when we lived in Chicago, my family had a restaurant and my my dad's business partner had stolen a bunch of money for us and we lost everything. So uh, my dad, you know, he grabbed everything that we had left, which was pretty much clothes, uh, put it in a U-Haul and he drove from Chicago to Vegas to start a new life with $2,000. And but no, but people don't know that, you know, when they hear Muhammad Ali's grandson, they think, oh, Muhammad Ali, he has a lot of money. Oh, his grandson, he probably has him a lot of money, too. So but they don't know the the truth. Um, so uh, and I couldn't even go to Gorman without my my uh, grandfather's wife helping us out financially. You know, Bishop Gorman's in a, a very expensive school and we wouldn't be able to afford that if she didn't help us out. So, um, yeah, but but people don't know this. They they have these. uh opinions on me before they even meet me well you know give us the people's opinion of what it should be for you when you step into the cage again be a part of the pfl how did you how did the pfl did the pfl come to you or did you seek out the pfl they they came to us uh, initially my dad though um, my brother was at a, a fight at resorts world in las vegas it was a boxing event and somebody came up to him and gave my brother a, a card. It was a PFL card. And my brother had relayed it to my dad. And um, my dad reached out like, uh, my son got this card. Like, is there anything you want to talk about with my son? Because my dad initially thought that they wanted to talk about Nico, my brother, who who got the, the business card. And they said, no, we want to talk about your son, Biagio. We heard he's in MMA. And then the rest is history, really. <laughs> um, they uh, they signed me after my second fight. Um, but the fact that they even reached out and I was 0-1, I lost my first amateur fight to me. Like it, it, it told me that the PFL really sees potential in me. And uh, I'm just super grateful to be where I'm at right now, to, to have the opportunities that I have. Um, it's it feels surreal every day. How long does it take for you to really feel comfortable, especially when you get an opponent? Opponent, how long does it take for you to get to feel like you need a proper camp to train to fight? How long does it take to like my camp? For you, 
Yeah, like for for you, if you get if you're if there's a you know Friday December November twenty fourth coming up, how long do you really need to? I think you muted yourself, but I, I heard your question. Um, yeah, usually my camps are seven weeks. I give myself seven weeks, but even before that, those seven weeks, I'm already training. Um, I don't. I don't really like the 10, 12 week camps because you just burn yourself out. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to uh, usually seven, seven to six weeks is like a perfect camp for me. Um, it only takes two, three weeks for me to get in peak shape. So uh, that's all I really need. You know, um, right now I, I'm doing three, three minute rounds. It's a nine, that's nine minutes. And when I go pro, it's going to be three, five minute rounds. Um uh, and then eventually, you know, if I ever get a, a title shot or whatever, it'll be five, five minute rounds. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, uh, six, seven weeks is all I really need to just be able to prepare for those nine minutes or 15 minutes. And how much sparring do you put into that? Because again, the other thing too, is like, I noticed like a guy like Max Holloway, for example, has now limited the sparring he's put into a camp because he really wants to save it for the fight itself. You know, you're, you younger you know you're you, you want the, sometimes it's better to have that activity but do, how do you balance that out i i spar twice a week um sometimes three times a week uh it depends on what you take a sparring if you take uh like full mma with punches and whatever i do that twice a week but at the same time on mondays and fridays i grapple and wrestle for we do 10 five minute rounds that's two title fights like that's great conditioning so if you add that, it'd be four times. But I'd say full MMA sparring twice a week. Beyond Joel Lee Walsh, just one more question for you. Again, I appreciate the time. It's been a pleasure and honor. Looking forward to your next fight. I'll watch your next fight. Um, but if there's one thing you want to put out to fans that are watching you fight, what's the one thing? What do you bring inside the cage that others don't? Uh, one thing I, I want to bring into the cage is excitement. I don't want to be the fight where you want to go to use the bathroom. I want to be the fight where you hear my name and you want to tune in and watch. You know, that's that's why Justin Gage is one of my favorite fighters because he he understands that. And um, you know, I'm I'm in the sport to to give people exciting brawls. I'm I'm here to give them knockouts. That's the only thing I really care for. That's the only reason why I'm doing this sport. I think um I think doing that will allow me to to get paid and, and have the finances to help a lot of people. So, I mean, ultimately I'm in the sport to, to help people if I ever get to a certain level of uh, success, but I, I want everybody to know that I, when you see me fight, you're going to see a fight. You're not going to see, um, you're going to see me just try to knock somebody out. Like <laughs> it's very simple. <laughs> well, we love it. Uh, Biagio Ali Walsh is a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Best Thank of you. luck go, going forward. All right. Thank you so much. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 